And we are live. Welcome to episode six of our CSA Fireside Chat. I'm joined by senior executive members of the Guyana National Students Organization, the GNSO. I am Benjamin Fraser. I am the chairperson of the Commonwealth Students Association. And I have the privilege of meeting in this forum really for the first time. We've chatted over WhatsApp, but I think this is sort of more of an official meeting. Meeting this steering committee, the second steering committee of the Guyana National Students Organization. I'll allow them to introduce themselves as we get right into our chat. Kezia. Hello, good evening, everyone. I am Kezia Joseph, and I am the vice president, first vice president of the Guyana National Student Organization. It's a pleasure to be on here tonight, and I hope we do have a fruitful discussion. I know we will have a fruitful discussion. So thank you. Andrew. Thank you, everyone. Good evening. I am Andrew Ballinger, so I hold the statements of Kezia. I do hope that this evening we have a full discussion and we can um, learn from you as much as you can learn from us and find possible solutions on the way forward that we can adopt. Thank you, Andrew. Shaquan. Thank you, my name is Shaquan Gill. I'm happy and privileged to be the president um, of the University of Guyana Student, so Student Society, um, an organization that I happen to now hold um, dear to my heart that falls within the University of Guyana. I'm happy also to work with the Guyana National Student Organization, um, of course, to make sure that our common goals our common aspirations are met and ultimately so that the students um, within the, the, the Guyanese nation or within the nation, of course, have the full benefits and full experience of what it's like to be a student and to experience wholesomely that student life that is so important to our personal development. And I'm looking forward to the remaining portion of this conversation, of course. Great. And last but not least, Denzel. Hey, good evening, everyone. My name is uh, Denzel Prasad. I'm the former president of the University of Guyana Economic Society, and I serve as the treasurer and resource officer of the Guyana National Student Organization. I also work in the Guyanese private sector as a consultant and a financial analyst. Thank you. So this is a special episode for me particularly because I consider myself one of the co-parents of the GNSO, having worked very closely with Devta Ramroop and Uma, the then Guyana country rep from, to this, uh, the CSA Guyana country rep. And we worked together in one, identifying the core group of students who would work together in reaching out to the various 
campuses to come together to form the organization, working on the constitution. I actually visited Guyana in 2019. Were any of you at that workshop? Okay, well, fine. Well, that's good. No, I wasn't. In, in 2019, I was still in high school, so. Uh, what? <laughs> I feel so old. Same here. Same yeah. here. What? <laughs> okay, so yeah, we came and I, let me see, who did we meet? I went on your radio show. We had the training. We went to several places and, 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 and various partners. And when the organization was about to be launched, COVID hit. So in the very zygotic stages of the organization, you were hit with the most destabilizing event in the last 100 years. So I hope you don't try to measure up yourselves to the organizations with 50 years and 60 years under their belt. But 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 acknowledge that you know you're still in early days yet. That leads me to ask about your history. <laughs> Tell me about the history of the GNSO. I'll leave that because I oh you're going to go, Andrew. I think uh, I think Kisai should go on this one. Kim, she might be having some technical difficulties. We're not hearing you. Hello, my apologies. Actually, Andrew, I thought that you, you know, were the best person since you were there longer than me, but fine. Uh, you can jump in. Feel free to jump in at any point. Um, GNSO was first established in 2019, um, January 2019. Um, it was selected as uh, Guyana's representative of the Commonwealth Students Association. Um, so the whole reason for the organization being established um, was to seek uh, national inclusion and not just any form of national inclusion, but authentic national inclusion of students um, across the secondary and tertiary level. Um, so that has been the goal from the inception and that is the goal throughout um, still. So um, that's the foundation on which the organization um, was founded on. And in what year did you join the organization? I joined the organization in 2021. Okay. Okay. And tell me about some of the progress that has been made in the organization since then. And listen, I want us to be honest and be real. As I said, I, 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 I contextualize it. This is a young organization and you were faced with one of the greatest challenges in modern times. So I'm not expecting illustrious decorated achievements but let's just be real and talk about it several so, countries don't have 
a student organized body? Yes, um, just to add to that, uh, as you mentioned, young, you usually find that when young organizations are set up, um, they, they, they do have challenges. Of course, GNSO has a constitution and we um, of course have been trying um, for the over the last three to, to, to three to four years to really um, implement some of the stuff, some of the stuff in our constitution. I know we have had several persons who have been in charge of the steering committee that we have tried to come together to see some of the possible way forward, um, whether it's advocacy, trying to see how we can raise finances to really get ourselves out there as an organization. Um, there has been challenges, but the thing is that today, as, as daily today, we are still here and that shows that our other persons within this organization we are really actually committed to. Oh, I thought it was my apologies. I thought my internet. Yes, that we are actually committed to really seeing GNSO grow and really seeing being that body for students across Guyana. And I know that we have um Shaquan on the call, and Shaquan is for you, which one is one of our biggest bodies in Guyana. But we still have a lot of upcoming university and on upcoming student bodies right here in Guyana. So I think that is important and it's important the GNSO role. Um, I can't say that we're going to be the best within the next two to three or two to three years. But what I can say is that if it's not me, that they're going to continuously be persons pressing on just to get the work uh, that we have initially set out in our mandate. Excellent, excellent. You know, I'm actually literally going through a folder that has some photos from the time that it started out. Do you recognize any of these young people? No. I, yeah, I think so. He was a few years ahead of me back in uh, high school. I, I absolutely think you need to reconnect with these persons who, whether, whether or not they have migrated or, let me see, I'm trying to, let me. I, 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 you know, I'm showing them because I really want to pay homage to, I want to give honor to them. They really did put in a lot of time. I believe this is Alexander. Yes, in the same way that you have dedicated time to this, voluntary cause they did as well let me see words of course you must know Devta where's the photo definitely definitely yes it's not coming up good here she is yes I mean Devta was relentless and she had several responsibilities. Do, do you feel like the people you represent appreciate the kind of balancing that has to take place when a student takes on a leadership position? If I, if I can jump in and answer that question specifically, and, and if I can too, Benjamin, just to add some context to some of the work um, that, that 
organizations as well that make up the GNSO in their individual capacities as well have been doing um, to make sure that student life is better. I can speak specifically to the UGSS and the work that, um, of course, we would have done over the last year or so, where upon election, of course, through a democratic and very fair and transparent process, um, there were five main things that we campaigned upon that we recognized there was room for improvement. We recognized there was there were areas in which students can benefit more than they were benefiting at the time of our assumption of office. And just some of them include the revitalization of extracurricular activities. Um, because as you said, we face the 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 one of the most most uh, devastating challenges that I think any organization had to face in, in times past, the COVID-19 pandemic really, really took a toll. And we take, we talk a lot about the economy and the economic downturn that we saw in COVID-19. But what we don't usually mention is how people's morale was depleted during that period, especially, especially Absolutely. our young people. After mm -hmm. staying in for so long, it became extremely hard to get anybody to want to come out of their house, to get people involved again in, in, in youth work, in youth development, in professional development. And so that in and, in and of itself, I'm sure, posed a challenge. And so we said very specifically that we'll work to revitalize the extracurricular activities at the University of Ghana. And I can I can say positively that we've done exceptional work in that regard. I can I can report proudly now that one of the major things that we've seen come to fruition is the revitalization of young people's involvement and interest in debates. So first of all, we 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 supported strongly a debate um, between our clubs or amongst our clubs at the University of Ghana, which then fed into the largest youth youth level of advocacy that there is in the country in the form of the youth parliament, where we sent eight of those students to advocate for things that really bother them, things that really concern them, um, and, and, and to be able to advocate on those issues at the large level. We also had the opportunity through sports as well to, to, to have our basketball team, and that's just one of a few, but our basketball team participate in several tournaments and initiatives that were national, as well as to participate in a tournament outside of Ghana in Trinidad just a few weeks ago in September, um, where they play second place. And that was because of, 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 of the vigor that we put behind and the, and the enthusiasm we had behind making sure that these things work. Um, and that's one. Uh, in, in other instances, we said that we would, we would of course, um, foster stronger collaborative efforts between the University of Ghana and several universities across the Caribbean. Um, and, and I can also happily report that in February of this year, we had more than 300 students gathered in the same space virtually um, from several universities, the University of the West Indies, St. Augustine campus, um, the University of Ghana, of course, the University of Trinidad and Tobago, the University of the Southern Caribbean, all coming together to recognize and understand and appreciate the fact that we're all students. We all have problems, we all have challenges, we all have issues that we face in our student and academic life. And to be able to, to, to have a stress relief moment, we call that Speed Friendships 3.0. And those are just some of the things that we did. I haven't even spoken about 
um, the other important things like student advocacy and giving students the opportunity to raise their concerns through a new modern system that we call the student complaint operating system that is built into a website that has information for international students who come to Ghana and don't know where supermarkets are, don't know where taxi services are, don't know where the laundromats are, don't know where to find a place to live while they're here in Guyana. We built all of that into a website so that students have access to this information. And so, and so from a student, from, from a perspective of looking at how students have benefited over the year, especially coming out um, of, of, of the COVID-19 pandemic, is something that we can look at and we can track and track from a perspective of or from a position of not just saying that these things happen and then they died away, but issues and, and projects of, longe of longevity. Because when we leave, the website is still going to be there for the students to benefit from. When we leave the GTNT student plan that we just launched that saw seven to five gigs of data, go out to every student of the University of Ghana with a 50% discount across the board. When we leave, those projects will still be standing. And I think those things are monumental and things that should be celebrated as students winning over the last year. Shaquan, I, I really appreciate your contribution. You know, typically in the teams of, of student leaders who make up the executive membership, of national student bodies. They'll come from various universities and, and we get the fresh perspective of the president of our premier campus in Guyana. How, as a team, have you been able to gather the various institutions, maybe not necessarily physically, maybe virtually, at, 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 one of the main priorities of an umbrella body like yourself is to promote networking, cooperation, agreement on key cross-cutting educational matters. How have you been able to do that? Or are you seeking to do that in any way? This question is for anyone who feels comfortable in responding. I'm not sure if he's okay. Um, I... Yeah, go ahead, Kizana. No, I was going to ask him actually to repeat the question because I missed mm. a few parts. But if it is that you got it completely, then you can go right ahead. Yeah. So, 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 of course, I believe that uh, Benjamin that ensuring that there is an integrated approach to dealing with student issues is critical. And I say that on the premise of recognizing as a UGSS and looking at what, what we've done as an individual body to bring together, to first of all, bring together students from two campuses. So the University of Ghana has two main campuses, one that's in closer to the, the capital city and one that's far away in Burbis. Students that have complained on several occasions of not having access to opportunities, not being able to participate in sporting activities to represent the university, to get to go and travel and all of those things. And so, so what we've done 
this year particularly is to make sure that teen campus, and this was the slogan, to make sure that that campus was not treated like a stepchild. And so in every project that we launched, in everything that we did, we made sure that the students of that campus had an opportunity to be involved. So for example, yeah, sorry, you, you guys are hearing me? We're hearing you now. Right, sorry. So there was a, there, there was a speaker's debating competition that, that occurred through the par the national the parliament office of Guyana, and we made sure that we sent not one student in a in a major team, but an entire team from camp from Tain campus to participate. Not only did that happen, but we made sure that those students were involved in set in 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 the 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 the, the group that was sent oh, to the sir, parliament yeah. office. Let, of let me let me stop you in your thunder here. Sure. You know, I'm not talking about UGS and its sister campus. I'm talking about the vocational institutions, the colleges, the traditional mm. universities that JNSO represents. Yes. What have you done or what do you intend to do to bring them together? Mm -hmm. So the position is, so I, I wanted to lay that foundation to give an understanding of the kind of approach that needs to be taken. So it's not one in which you look at the University of Ghana because it's the largest campus or, or the largest organization, as a matter of fact, and say, oh, we're going to take students from here and then and then decide that this is a an enough of a representation of students across the country. But it has to be a decision where we say from a policymaking perspective, every policy that we make, every project that we undertake is one where we think, how will Texilla American University benefit from this initiative? That's it. How will... How will Lincoln University, that is that also has a campus in Ghana, benefit? How will the Government Technical Institute benefit? And it's only through that approach will we be able to truly integrate all of the students of in, within Guyana as, a, as an umbrella body and have them benefit from, from those policies and those initiatives. And I think that is the approach that is necessary. So I just wanted to lay the foundation to help you to understand the position. But that is what it, that is what it needs to look like. Beautiful. It's such an important point because, you know, you will find that despite the diversity of post-secondary institutions in our country, typically the main traditional university, that, that, that large campus will trump the interests of other students. And as a body that unites student interests, you have to be vigilant. You know, in Jamaica, for example, the University of West Indies, Mona, is in itself a well-oiled advocacy machine. But the UEMONA is a fraction of almost 30 post-secondary institutions. You know, you have, what do you call it? Community colleges, teachers' colleges. You have the NCU, which is one I, I forgot to mention earlier. Absolutely. And, and, and I fear sometimes that the, in, 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 in building out these newer bodies, even the older ones, they are not inclusive. So I was happy that the GNSO was formed in the way that it was because I saw firsthand, in fact, we went to some of these institutions that it is inclusive. And I'm happy that you are being vigilant about that inclusivity. Yes, so let's, let's move to our next question. What are the advocacy priorities of the GNSO. 
is that Andrew that's about to contribute? Yes. So uh, I will go right ahead and I'll answer this. So uh, as you mentioned, um, what are some of the advocacy priorities uh, of GNS? So I think that I'm going to just give the main one, the main one and one that is kind of, um, we have really been holding our position because uh, it is mandated in our constitution for free um, tertiary education. And we have um, tried, we've been advocating that this needs to, it, need, it's, it needs to be carried out. I remember back in, it was in 2020 when UG, um, when UGSS at the time, left by DEFTA, would have um, held um, a debate. And this was in 2020 and a GNSO was still now coming around. And we were talking about the need for, for us to really um, abide by the constitution uh, for free education. I know that it's a long step, but GNSO really prepares to have um, prepares to advocate and have conversation on how really we can roll out something. Um, I mean, although it's mandated in the constitution, we are really open for um, suggestion and how, if it's not free, if, it, if there's scholarship, but we really want, um, that. that's one line of our advocacy. Um, another line of our advocacy is to really get bodies under GNSO. So whether it's UGSS, it's um, schools from, these schools have different student body that can really come together and form a strong GNSO. I know that really takes work, um, but we, as I said before, and I said earlier in the call, like we, have, we, we are still young, so we are trying stuff. And, and even when it doesn't work, the fact that we're still here this evening, it just shows that we are continuing to really try and build the organization. Absolutely. So, um, we, as, as I said earlier again, so, so one of the issues is like finances. So once we are able to really comb through all of these um, finance issues and then we are able to launch, we will have a more bigger advocacy platform whereby we can really go into the Technical Institute to um, University of Ghana. There is Texilla University coming up, which I think Uma was a part of. There is also, um, I this university is not coming to my mind that it's in Ghana. So really get them a part of this body and a part of this movement so we can really understand the voices of what are really what are really going on in our school so that that can in a sense really broaden our our um, advocacy reach because for as of now as an organization our advocacy is based on what we see um i think when when we have this approach we are able to now really dive into what really goes on in these universities and what our students really want from an organization of like such as gnso thank you andrew is there anyone else who wants to add to his response before I move to the next question? I'll just add a little. So yes, fundamentally, I think GNSO should be a platform for, let's say, the national uh, zeitgeist of what the students want. So the individual student bodies, let's say the UGSS, can of course lobby the University of Ghana to directly address their needs but there may be some pressing matters which would require the entire student population of the country to demand certain things. In the case of free education, I have it right in front of me and the constitution. Every citizen has the right to free education from nursery to university as well as non-formal places where opportunities are provided for education and training. That's article 27. In Guyana, 
we do have free education up to secondary so that's nursery to secondary and it was promised uh, on several occasions that the university of ghana would eventually be free but i posit that the gnso should advocate that all public tertiary educational facilities should be fully funded should provide not scholarships but tuition free uh, admission to these universities and in cases of those large projects those large advocacies that's where the purpose of the GNO, gnso lies not necessarily individual advocacy for the individual institutions so just one point to add one point of clarification thank you for that denzel you know I'm going to just rearrange the order of the questions a bit because I really want to get to this matter of the, well, how do I truly celebrate what has happened in Guyana since 2015? I want to, I want to find the best words. It's more than transformation. One might call it a miracle, a blessing, but this discovery of oil in the territorial waters of Guyana. What does that mean for the provision of free tertiary education? All of this wealth that will come, what is the genesis position on using the, 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 the wealth that will be derived from this natural resource in delivering free education as constitutionally promised? Well, one thing I could say, the government can certainly afford it now. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> one, one thing I'd like to point out is that we really have to give uh, countries like uh, Jamaica and Trinidad props, with Trinidad especially, for the University of West Indies. It, it cannot be quantified, at least not by me, the amount of social benefit that has been bequeathed upon, let's say, Trinidad due to their access to high quality tertiary education. And you could see the difference between Guyana in the years which we would not have had this uh, oil bounty in terms of development, the difference between Guyana, Trinidad and Jamaica. And that's not to uh, speak badly upon Guyana, it's just the fact of the matter. So importantly, I would say it should be a priority of all institutions of power in Guyana to focus uh, in depth on developing the tertiary education system in Guyana. That's what I would say. But I could, I know Mr. Gill wanted to say something. I saw him unmute himself, so I'll let him go. <laughs> um, I don't know if Shekwan would allow me just to go a minute before him. Um, I, I know that I said that the GNO, the GNSO remains for, um, you know, just advocating for free education, but I, I just like would just like to come back. Um, not really backpedal on it, but as I as I mentioned before, we really have to understand our, our priorities and, and really understand like when do we get free education. And one such thing is that, and I've always advocated on a personal level, that we really need to develop our university and add more to it. And I think that that should remain a priority, even now that we have the oil resources that we really invest in that in our university, um, whether it's, um, and this is beyond it, whether it's more 
um, money for lecturers. We have more lecturers, more teachers. So we really need to look at these fine issues that really that can make us that number one university in the Caribbean. And then we can maybe get to that maybe, then we can get to free tertiary education. But I do believe that as a university, we do have a long way to go. And definitely as I as I, I will benefit from free education, I do believe that with the other resources that we really should to focus that some of that money to invest in the our education, especially the University of Guyana, ensuring that our labs are um are up to date, ensuring that we have the proper certifications in our medical fields, ensuring all of these things. And then we can get to the conversation as to free education. Sir Gil. Thank you. So there are uh, really two important points that I want to make. Um, I think we also have to take this in the context of where we are right now in 2023 and what happened in 2020 when we had our general and regional elections. Um, the government that is that is in, in office now campaigned on ensuring that there was free education at the University of Ghana by 2025 which marks the end of their term in office. This is not a wishy-washy promise. This is not a gaffe, as we would say in Ghana, a brum shop discussion. This was documented in their manifesto, in their policy document, and what they, the social contract that they hope to form with the people of Ghana. And so our request is not one that comes from merely just an individual thought or an individual idea. It means, one, that the government knows that this is something that needs to be done, and we are not proposing a new thing. What we would be proposing is something that they would have already promised. The only thing we, the only thing we would be doing is making sure that we hold the government accountable to the, to the promises that they made. So that's one. What is also important to highlight, Benjamin, and when we look at education and access to education in Ghana, we have to underscore the fact as well that the government has implemented what they call the Ghana Online Academy of Learning, where they intend to give out some, somewhere around 20,000 scholarships, of which I believe they've already superseded, 20,000 scholarships to students to study in universities abroad. As far as I know, this cost them more than US $200 million. While we applaud that initiative and while that is, um, it speaks directly to where our oil resources are going, we have to also recognize that if it costs $200 million just to provide scholarships to 20,000 people, how much more will it cost to not only take away the tuition of 10,000 people, but also continue to maintain the facilities of the University of Ghana that is already in a state that, let me, let me phrase my words the right way, that is already in a position where it needs some amount of rehabilitation. And on top of that, add to the existing services that are there. 
and so and so when we when we when we talk about education and free education especially at the university of ghana these are things that we all have to consider and we all have to have to think about before we just walk out on the road with placards and say oh we want free tuition we want not free tuition we want free education in terms of from the tertiary level we have to be able to make sure that when we make these requests and we say what we want they're done in a strategic manner and i believe that as the GNSO, as an organization that has the, the overarching responsibility to a large extent for the students' interest in this country, that is an approach that we have to take, an approach from a strategic perspective, from uh, one that is structured and one that addresses all of the issues that we have to consider, not just taking away tuition, but making sure that the facilities don't, don't, uh, um, don't, fall below what they're already at and to make sure that there is continued improvement at the at the institution. Is there anyone else who would like to make a comment? Yes, if I may. Um, I echo everything that everyone would have said. Um, and I love the word that um, Shaquan used, which is accountability because that is the biggest factor in all of this. Um, I think too, having the inclusivity of other organizations, I know um, my teammates would have mentioned um, the onus being on GNSO um, primarily, but I think as a, having a united front, it shows that you know, this is not just, uh, what, what, what can I say? This is not just the requirement or, the yearning um, of GNSO, but it's also the yearning of students nationwide. Um, yes, we understand that, oh, in the constitution, it is stated that, oh, education is meant to be free. Um, also in your manifesto, you know, you would, you would have mentioned that education is meant to be free, but we cannot see that freedom. And you own, with only two years remaining, you know, um, making education, making the education system free, um, the university at university level, um, it takes more than just two years, and uh, it should have been something that was. Uh, it it should have been something that uh, was already started. You know, we should have already been seeing the works in that area. Um, so definitely, I think accountability for GNSO since we're starting up, I think um, having it mentioned in each and every one of our proposals shows that, you know, we are definitely serious about this. Um, having it being raised in every conversation that we have, you know, shows that we are aware of your promises. We are aware of what is rightfully due to us. Um, and the student body at large so we will not be resting until you know you would have fulfilled your promises thank you i want to introduce your team and all of the members of the gnso to an organization called oakley it's the it's a Spanish term, but I'll say it in English. 
it's an organization, the Continental Organization of Latin American and the Caribbean students. They're headquartered in Cuba. And they have members throughout South America and the Caribbean. I've interacted with them in two of their meetings. And let me tell you about this fiery group of Latinos and Latinas. When they say free education, they mean it. And while the Commonwealth doesn't support that perspective towards advocacy, they, they, you know, they really go to protest, la lucha, the struggle. They go hard. You know, we hope not to escalate there. We, we try to facilitate negotiation, you know, policy discussions, meetings, etc. I, I, I really wanted to explore how keen this organization is on demanding free education, especially in countries that are rich in natural resources. You know, as a Jamaican, as a fellow Caribbean person, I felt so good when I heard that Ghana found oil. But feel like we find the oil. Yes. To hear that, you know, a sister nation hit the, is like you win the lotto, even though we don't support gambling. Yes. We feel like you, you win. You win, you win, you win, you win. But immediately, and I know I have to be careful here, we don't live in a bubble. I thought about the, the extraterritorial, extra regional interest that would swoop down on the sister island because of this newfound wealth. You know, nobody cared about the person who didn't have nice clothes before, but as soon as they changed their wardrobe and start to drive a different kind of vehicle, and I, I'm, I'm making an analogy of the, the country, you know, you now people will start to see them differently, want to associate with them, but not everyone will have good intentions. And the overwhelming experience of several of these Latin American countries and the students who come from there is that they have to deal with exploitation. When you have these resources, it's not just, you know, wow, yay, Guyana has resources. No, you are under the microscope of superpowers that want to exploit your resources. They're, they're not interested in seeing free education in Guyana. They want to set up shop in your waters, wherever you have the resource, and repatriate the funds to their mother country. I think the JNSO was created at a, a strategic time. I know it is a lot to ask, but I want you to think about your children, the generations to come after you. Yes, this is no, this is no light affair. The, the, the word was right, accountability. This is also thinking about who are our leaders in politics? Are they sincere? Or will they fatten their pockets? What role does the JNSO play in holding leaders accountable? Billions of dollars go lost because of the cost of corruption in many countries. And 
I, I, I hope you will see your roles as not just to, you know, have socials and parties and meet and, you know, go to international meetings because now you're part of a student-led body and you represent the country. But really, to be non-partisan, independent, to engage the relevant leaders where necessary and demand what the students of Guyana need. And uh, from the CSA, we hope to provide you with whatever support we can in helping you organize, in helping you solidify your advocacy strategy, in amplifying this message, you know, talking about this is very intentional because the international community should be looking on to see that this promise of free education is delivered on. When the next education minister's meeting is held next year, Guyana should be able to say, this is what we have been able to provide to our youth and students because we have used the resources in the right way. And JNSO, I believe, plays a, a key role as a watchdog. That is what, that's what NSOs are about. Quality assurance, quality education, SDG4, accountability. And, 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 and can, you, can, you, can you just see how almost helpless students are in countries where there is no student organizing? where the student voice is muzzled. Which takes me to my next question. What is the relationship between GNSO and the government of Guyana? Well, uh, what I could say, oh, we're still uh, currently building a relationship with the government right now. I'm in the process of uh, Fully, in, well, Ghana has a bit of an archaic uh, company incorporation process with uh, non-profits, not-for-profits, and uh, what would the word be? Civil society organizations. So mm -hmm. I'm in the process right now of officially incorporating the organization, and we have some talks with some. I, I shouldn't say who and what exactly. But once we complete the process, then they could officially begin, uh, not necessarily, what would the word be? Not communicating with us, but acting on projects with us. So we're in the process of building the relationship. Okay. I'd love Definitely. to hear some others chime in on that question. And um, that is exactly where we are at. And whilst we do um, go through the process of ensuring that you know we're legal and we can be taken act, like seriously, um, we are also beginning to tip our toes in the water. I would say, um, as it relates to meeting with some of the ministers, um, especially minister, um, the minister of education. Um, we would not have met with her directly, but we did meet with the PS of um, the ministry, 
you know, we were able to pitch some of our proposals, some of the things that we do have planned um, for the nation's students. Um, and that's for, for now. Did you ask you know, them for money? Pardon? Did you ask them for money? <laughs> you should it have. Wasn't in, it wasn't in the initial conversation, but trust me, it's in the proposal. Yes, because we don't we didn't want to scare them because usually money scares government agencies, you know. So um we wanted to tread lightly. Um and so we would have just, you know, went through an introduction um course with them and let them know what we are about. And um they are definitely interested in some of the projects that we have um, planned for the future. So that is one thing that we're definitely, that's one step that we would have made. And Let me interrupt you because uh, I'm, I'm not liking this tone of almost like you think they're doing you a favor. Is that, is that, is that, is that the consensus of the approach in the group? In what year did Ghana receive independence? Uh, 1966. And Jamaica received independence in 1962. Listen, we are sovereign states, and it's an indictment on a sovereign state to have its freedom for so long and not have a student-led body that can independently advocate. And I believe this is the message that we need to send to our member states. Did you know that education ministers in 2012 put it in the language of the ministerial statement that effectively member states need to support national student associations. It's either 2012 or 2015, either Mauritius or Bahamas, yes? So this, this, this kind of rhetoric where we feel like we have to, you know, we have to clasp our hands and close our eyes and hope that they, they assist us. I really think we should be more forceful, of course, negotiate, but we are a sovereign state and we should by now have an organized student-led organization that can effectively represent the interests of students. It should not have been an afterthought, not after so many decades. So Keza, I wanted to go back with the team to the ministry and change that tone. <laughs> no, definitely, um, definitely I agree. Um, but once we are set, you know, um, once our guy Denzil um, sets us up, definitely we do intend to return um, with more force because there is no question um, about our, you know, validity. There's, there's no question to be Indeed. asked. Indeed. And so um, we will be ready to put up a fight. So definitely. Uh, listen. It's not unprecedented. There are several sister countries where the government substantially funds them. I've seen funding models where there is a, a, an amount per student, like maybe a dollar or 50 cents or $1.50, and that accumulates to several thousands of dollars, and they use that for the budget for the year. There is precedent for it. Check the National Union of Ghana students. Check the um, national, the Nigeria 
Association of the National Association of Nigeria Students. Check them out. Study these models and propose a robust structure. You know, my, my own country, Jutz, we're trying to do the same thing. We don't get much money. We do get support from our government, but not much money. But we're advocating for it. You know, we are students because uh, you have exams. We shouldn't be worrying about money. Andrew, Denzel, Shaquan, we shouldn't be worrying about money. This should be a priority of the government to put us in a position to do the thing. We shouldn't be running up and down for proposals and selling eggs and chickens and all that so we can raise money. Talk to me. Yes? Guyana's oil, full stop. Right? Act right. I, I don't disagree with you in the slightest, but as uh, Shekhan would have described uh, previously, and, and don't think don't take this as me pushing back on you, but we do have, as, as a matter of national development, I would say the government does have some priorities. Yeah. They would focus spending on certain areas to bring Guyana to the level that yeah. the other Caribbean countries, the level of uh, uh, national well-being of social well-being, rather, that the other Caribbean countries enjoy. So, there should be enough money. We'll continue to push for it. But Please. Please. We're... Uh... I, I... Yeah, go ahead, Siobhan. I want us to, to add as well, and to bring into some other con in some, in some more context. Um, I think when you have a government that does not show concern for, have an understanding of, nor believes in generational change, there is a need for this rigorous and maybe abrasive position of advocacy. I think now in Guyana, however, and where we are, and as Denzel rightly alluded to, um, we have we have now a situation where Ghana has to be level, and, and there are particular priorities as Denzel as Denzel spoke so so pollutedly about. But what is important to recognize and, and, and understand is that in spite of these national priorities, like building a a four-lane bridge across one of the major rivers to connect regions and a gas to energy project that will lessen the cost of electricity by half and all that other stuff. There has been a specific focus and attention on education. And so I think no more than ever, there may be more students in Ghana than there probably has ever been. Mm. And this is not just on the tertiary level. But this speaks to nursery, primary, and secondary, and then the slew of vocational activities and projects that are ongoing. So what is also important to note is that just about 7,000 people in 2022, or between 2021 and 2022, were trained in technical and vocational areas to support the oil and gas sector. Those are students and will be students that we should also be taking into consideration, who are, mind you, getting education for free. One of the other approaches is that for a very long time, we've had a situation where 
where where the, the education system for primary and secondary schools was one that was archaic. It was one that was that seemed very colonialized. It was one that was concerned about which girl hairstyle in which particular direction, rather than being concerned about the, the quality of education that they're getting at the school. But now we're in a situation in 2023 where we can say that that is not as much of a concern as it was in the past. We have a situation as well, if I'm to add some more context, Benjamin, where students, are, and this is from nursery all the way to secondary to sixth form, students are getting what is called the Because We Care Cash Grant, which is 200 US dollars and is expected to be increased later on to enhance and, and, and provide for materials and supplies and all that stuff for their educational pursuits. And so what the GNSO should be doing and will do, I'm hoping, is not to necessarily go and bang the door of the Minister of Education and say, we, we got to get this, we need this, that kind of approach, but to say, listen, we recognize the work that you've been doing, and it's something that is laudable because it has benefited the lives of students. But there are certain areas that may have been missed out are certain areas that have not yet been touched that we hope to bring to your attention and hope can be placed on the policy perspective. If those things are, are presented and there is no action in that regard, we have way more of an incentive to go and kick down the door of the Minister of Education and said, you're doing strabonis. But I think at the point that where we're, I think the point where we're at now is where we have to identify the loopholes, identify the small things that the ministry may overlook, may not see as important, may not see as something necessary in the moment and say, listen, these are approaches and things that you have to take into consideration. We are meeting with the students on a regular basis. We understand the concerns of students. And these are the issues that would have been brought to our attention. And now we're bringing it to you for action. And I think that is the more of a position that we have to take. You touched on something there that I just want to run with as we come closer to our close. The remnants of colonialism in our school system. How is the GNSO dealing with that? When we talk about decolonizing education. Um, if I may, one factor I think that the Ghana National Student Organization needs to and will um, take into consideration um, is language. Um, first and foremost, uh, Guyana is the only English-speaking country in South America. Um, and so, well, primarily, that's our native language. Um, so, you know, I believe that, that, not I believe, that is actually because of our history. And what um, GNSO recognizes is that our, the language of our indigenous people, you know, it's becoming extinct. Um, I'm sure if it is that we walk into the schools or even at university level and we ask, you know, what is um, an indigenous language or, or do you know any line or phrases, you know, um, no one, absolutely no one, um, unless 
they are, you know, someone from an indigenous tribe or so forth, then that person may be able to, you know, answer to that. So I think one thing that we want to preserve for sure, you know, is our culture, um, where we came from, understanding that, hey, the indigenous language um, is a key factor of who you are as Guyanese, you know, um, and this is where the foundation is at. So I think one of the things that we will definitely try to, um, to advocate for is, you know, the, includes, the inclusion of the indigenous language, the preservation, I should say, of the indigenous language, which brings me to the point of our curriculum. Um, we love Shakespeare. No, we have no, you know, beef, you know, um, with, with Shakespeare. However, I do believe, and I, I must say that I admire Jamaica because we always say that, oh, I, I, it, it's, a, it's a talk here in Guyana. You know, if you go to Jamaica, the smallest child would probably be able to identify X, Y, Z from A to Z about what happened and the history of Jamaica or at least they know a fair amount, you know. However, it's not, Guyana is not on the same um, play, uh, play field. You know, it's the, we are so, um, what should I say? Uh, what's the term? You know, yeah, it's not coming to me, it's not coming to me. Eurocentric, you know, um, that we have lost. I, I, I think that we are losing our identity and because it's not in our curriculum, because our students aren't taught from nursery level, you know, basic information, you know, um, I'm, I'm sure, you know, some primary school students, most primary school students do not know who Eddie Grant is, you know? And the man has paved ways, uh, ways, you know, for these artists that are now here and so forth. So we have to remember and we have to incorporate these things into our curriculum so that they do not become extinct and we do not lose ourselves as a people. Um, so that is something that GNSO is definitely going to be working on um, and trying to actively incorporate. Thank you. Final question. Oh, uh, I just have something to add. Yes, because yes, I, I, uh, I spoke on the cultural aspect of col colonialism. I like to speak on something structural. No, I do have to admit, you know, I was a key beneficiary of this structure. Guyana, we have, in Guyana, we have a hierarchy of secondary schools. Uh, should I list out? So they, there's uh, the Queen's College, uh, the Bishop's High School, then the uh, St. Stanislaus and Roses, then uh, I think Joseph's, I think. So those are the top schools in the country. And those are the schools who also receive the most funding, most attention, the most uh, fanfare. 
uh, I can remember when I was a QC, uh, one year we got a $20 million uh, building for cafeteria. It's fully AC'd and uh, table tennis. And another year we got $10 million of water distillation plant. Then another year we got $50 million of bandstand on our you know, like 300 acre field. And then I remember walking to some of the other schools in central Georgetown. And it's two, three students sitting in one uh, piece of furniture. Well, like you see, everyone had their own individual piece of furniture. And that comes from the fact that uh, Queens College and in some cases, other schools like bishops, those were the schools where the uh, colonial masters, their children went to. So there's always been this inbuilt, how to say it, deference and special attention paid to those schools. That's simply not fair. It's not fair in any sense. Even though I was a beneficiary, I could say it's definitely not fair. So that's something structurally that still pervades our secondary, edu our secondary education system. And something we should definitely advocate for. To spread some of the money, spread some of the love. We definitely have more money. We could definitely spend a little bit more, or a lot more, on the students who never had the chance, who never had the chance. And I could say... In, uh, I could say absolutely that the students who don't go to QC, a lot of them are just as smart. They're just as capable. They just never had the opportunity. They never had the funding. They never had the chance. So that's definitely something we need to spend more time on, uh, something we need to advocate for directly. But simply, I don't know how to fix that. That's ingrained in every single person in Guyana, that, that high school system. You can ask anyone on the panel here. So how you fix it, I don't know. But the first step in solving a problem is identifying the problem in the first place. Let me just slip in one final question. What's your position on the safety and the security of students in Guyana? What is the state of that issue, if it is an issue? Safety is definitely an issue um, here in Guyana, and we do have evidence of that um, in our last, sadly, our last, um, what should I say, our last issue um, with the Maria fire incident, um, rather, with the Maria fire, you know, when we lost approximately 21 students, you know, to that fire, that was heartbreaking. Um, that was a wake up call, you know, um, not just for the organization, but I think nationwide. So um, it just goes to show that things, simple thing, well, I won't say simple because um, it is technical. We have drafted a proposal and we would have seen the technicalities um, within um, stuff like that um, as it relates to safety. So, um, Things such as safety, you know, uh, we definitely at the GNSO, we're trying to incorporate that into everyday lives of students. Um, it shouldn't be a, a stop, a pause. You know, what we're trying to advocate is it being a lifestyle, safety being a lifestyle, you know, so that this isn't just something that you learn um, when you get out into the oil and gas industry, because um, 
HSSE, which stands for Health, Safety, Security, and the Environment, that is something that you definitely learn when you enter the oil and gas industry. That is something that I would have learned until I started working and I was exposed to the oil and gas industry, you know, and I was like, so why didn't we know about this before? You know, um, why wasn't this introduced to me since when? Um, I think that uh, we having this, this uh, power, GNSO that is, having this power, having this insight, you know, um, we should definitely advocate for better awareness, I would say, as it relates to uh, fire awareness. I, I, it, I do not believe that students go through drills often enough. You know, I do not believe that should, God forbid, you know, there be let's say a mass shooting at one of the schools, you know, that children are familiar or that there are even escape routes, you know, um, for children to be able to evacuate the premises um, in a timely fashion, in a safe way as well. Um, I think these are all different, different key factors that we need to take into consideration. Um, and it is something that we already have taken into consideration. It is a discussion that we're having, not only with the ministry, um, but we're also incorporating professionals, um, occupational health and safety officers who have the experience, who will be able to educate us better because our knowledge only goes as far as, you know, oh, fire drills, what's not, evacuate. But we do need the experts on board. Um, and so we have reached out to a few of them, we have had meetings already, you know, and we have drafted proposals that they are currently reviewing um, so that we can issue this, you know, and um, the plan is for it to be nationwide, not just at tertiary level, um, not just at primary or secondary, but nationwide, because we believe that children, students um, tend to, teach what they would have learned within their art, within their institutions, you know. And so once that teaching starts to leave the walls of the institution, then definitely we're making progress, you know. So the moment it enters, we're making progress. And, and when it leaves, you know, that is, that is the goal. That is definitely the aim of GNSO, that this becomes the culture, not just of our students or so forth, but nationwide as a country you know, because we are depending on those in position to facilitate um, the security for our students. Thank so you, Kedda. I'm going yeah. to invite each person to just make a closing remark, and then we'll conclude episode six of our CSA Fireside, starting with Denzel. Uh, sure. Uh, well, this is my first time meeting you. I'm happy to meet you. I'm glad to know that there's there are organizations in the Caribbean that we could connect with. Uh, this isn't something I was aware of before, and of course, I'm happy to meet you. And I'm happy at any point in time, if you will allow, for me to ask you advice on the steps we could take to move forward. Our organization is still in its infancy, and we do have a lot more work to do. 
and we would be very appreciative for the guidance of more experienced organizations in our goal to advocate for our constituents. Thank you. Thank you, Denzel. Shaquan? Now that you didn't bring me last, I know I can't talk too long. So let me say very, um, very briefly, I'm happy that I had the opportunity to be here. Um, youth engagement like this is always something that is important, always something that is welcomed, and is always something that can further the development of young people across, across countries, across regions, and across the globe. And as we continue to, to, to fight for, as we continue to advocate for um, the overall betterment of student life, um, in Guyana, we trust that, of course, there is always support from the Commonwealth Student Organization, and um, we, we, we continue to remain in contact to have, have a unified voice when it comes to, to, to raising the concerns that we do have. Andrew? So thank you um, once again for having us. Um, I really do. I really did enjoy the conversation. I really think that this really opens door for us as an organization, and I like, love the fact that you you kind of reached out and told us that we should engage um, some of your members, some of the founding members, um, that that would have really started GNS, sort of really had an idea of the vision. I mean, we understand what the organization is, and I'm as I mentioned again, and I'm going to mention again. Um, we are a learning organization, um, and the fact that we are still here means that we will continue to learn, um, and we mightn't get immediate results. It, it mightn't be tomorrow. You might see us um, advocating something big and out of the world. It might be next week, but it is these small steps, these small conversations, these small meetings, and of course, I know with the Commonwealth Student Association, is these small um, conversation really sharing best practices and opening these lines of communication and really having that collective effort to really find out from different um, countries like what do we have like what well, what are some of the challenges in countries like Jamaica what are some of the challenges in countries like Trinidad and and how were, were you able to overcome these challenges and how can we adapt such best practices in countries like Guyana to really have such a diverse and very efficient organization as GNSO, GNSO. So I do hope that this, this uh, podcast and this line of communication is something that goes far beyond just um, online, but it's something that we can really um, just reach offline if it's a, a meeting a month that we have the steering committee, like what are some of the challenges in, uh, that we have in Guyana? What, what can we do to really, really improve this organization? and. Definitely, I, I know that there are big things for GNS. So if it's not two to three years, it's four to five years, we we are going to get there. And I know, I've seen the dedication of people like Kazaya, Denzel, Shaquan, all trying to make and build this organization. So thank you. And last but not least, the lady of the, the committee, go ahead. Thank you. I just want to say thank you for having us, Benjamin. Um, thank you to CSA for reaching out to GNSO. Um, it was definitely a pleasure to be on this platform. Um, I know that this is not the last conversation that we will have 
um, regarding the progress of our education system. Um, it, we definitely, I definitely learned, I know my team members would have learned a few things as well. And you too, Benjamin, would have learned a few things from us um, and about us um, as a country and as an organization. And um, I look forward to our future discussions, knowing that there is so much more room for us to learn from each other. And um, yes, as a small, well now upcoming organization, you know, trying to plant our feet, um, we do look up to organizations such as CSA, you know, to help guide us, you know, um, uh, on our way forward. So I just wanna say thank you for that and to encourage uh, students to know that uh, you do have rights and um, knowledge is one thing, but the application of that knowledge um, takes wisdom. So definitely, definitely, this is just the beginning. And that takes us to the end of episode six of our CSA Fireside. Thank you so much. And until our next episode, walk good. <laughs>